Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusanyel of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. All right, um, so what are we talking about today? Um, tonight we're talking about homecoming gifts. Homecoming gifts. Some of you have watched movies that... Um, you know, um, you watch movies where there's homecoming. I mean, one of the most popular ones now is uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, right? The first part of the new Spider-Man um, adaptation and reboot. Um, homecoming, homecoming, homecoming gifts. Fantastic. Um, I will explain what that is as we go on. So I want you to just pay attention and get ready to learn a lot. Bring out your writing materials, your Bibles. Let's dive right in. So what I'm going to do is, this teaching is actually going to continue next week. We cannot exhaust a teaching like this, I promise you. In fact, having two weeks to teach on it, just know that we're going to rush. And I'm sorry that is the case, but um, I might even want to slow down a bit. We'll find out. I'll pray about it more. All right. I think it's important for everyone to have understanding on this topic. That's why I'm breaking it down. As best as I can. We're still going to continue the rest of the month in the Spiritual Stuff series. We've been on this for a month and now, right? We've been for a whole month and we're still going to continue the rest of the month. I mean, talking about this, the Holy Spirit is, is, is just a powerful and very exhaustive study, alright? So, I want you to pay attention to everything that will be said. Praise God. Alright. Um, yes. So there are three kinds of beliefs, right, in, in this world as relate as we relate to God's existence, right? There are three kinds of three primary kinds of beliefs. We have I've I've mentioned this before. Uh, we have atheists, we have deists, and we have theists. Alright. Um someone should help me type it in case someone didn't get what I was saying. We have atheists, we have deists, and we have theists. And that last one is with the TH. All right. Um, so the atheists definitely you you know who they are. They are people who claim there is no God. They they you would say they don't believe. Um, people say that atheists lack a belief in God, but atheists would uh, claim and defend that and say no, we don't lack a belief. Is we just we have a belief and it is we believe there is no God. Alright, deists believe that God created everything, right? But he's separate from his creation. Um, some might not call him deist. Thank you, Fisayo. I think that's the better way to put everything together. Um, you have um, deists. They believe that there is a force, a supernatural being or beings that um, created everything, the universe and everything inside of it. But his distance is separate from his creation. He doesn't have a relationship. He just created them to exist separate from him or her or it. Um, theists believe that there is a God. And he chose to have a relationship with his people. And, and, and by the way, under theism, there is monotheist and there's polytheist. But trust me, we're not going into that today. Monotheists believe there is one God. Polytheists believe that there are many gods. So polytheists are the Hindus, um, the traditional worshippers, 
the Buddhists and, and the likes. But then under the monotheists, we have Christianity, we have Islam, yada, yada, yada. Alright, so we believe that God chose to have a relationship with his creation. But more importantly, he didn't just want to have a relationship. He came to live with them, to, to, to be a part of their lives intentionally. Alright? So that's what, uh, I just wanted to, by way of introduction, that's where we stand, that's who we are. And um, from all we've been teaching so far, you can tell that one of the most cosmic experiences of all time is when God decided to not just live with his creation, but to live in his creation. Right? There was a promise and a prophecy that came, I believe it's in Hebrews 10, where it says that, in the last days, there will be a time where God will not just be um, with the, with His people; He will be in them, and everyone will know His name from the least to the greatest. No one will have to teach them who He is. He will be there with them, and they will know Him and in an everlasting covenant. Right? So this was God's plan from the beginning to not just dwell with man, but to dwell in man. Alright, and we, we have mentioned several from 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, that um, when Paul speaks, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost? Your bodies house the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has his address in you. God dwells in you by his Holy Spirit. Alright, so this is very fundamental, very foundational. We have built up from this. If you haven't listened to uh, those teachings, please make sure you do after this Bible study so that you have a very solid foundation on what happened, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Alright, now let me give you this illustration. How many of you have been at a housewarming? If you know what housewarming is, raise up your hand. I can see you. Raise up your hand. <laughs> if you know what housewarming is. Alright, so housewarming is basically when you know the house gets too cold, maybe the ACs are on and you decide to turn down the heater, uh, turn up the heater rather or put firewood around the corners of the house to make it warm. House warming. Yeah, if that's what you think, then no, sorry, you're wrong. That's not what housewarming is. Housewarming is when uh, is is when you choose to move into a new house. Basically, it's like the process of moving into a new house, kind of. Um, and you realize that for those who celebrate that kind of thing, they usually bring things along with them. Some come with fruit baskets, um, some come with gifts, and they move in, right? Um, <laughs> Oh, sorry. They move in um, and everything. So, uh, that process is typically what happened when the Holy Spirit saw a broken home. It was dusty, the furniture was broken, the lights were out. He moved in with fruit baskets and gifts. And started to build that house, changed the house, renovated that house, and came to stay. He renovated the house, lived in it, but he brought those fruit baskets and gifts along with him. 
All right. And this was what we called the homecoming gifts, those gifts that he came uh, with, basically. So the whole point of this is me trying to tell you that the Holy Spirit did not just come to dwell in you and just sit in there and watch Premier League and find out what's happening in your heart when you are crushing on this person. No, the Holy Spirit came inside to live with you to not just change you, but to also empower you, to also enable you do things according to God's will. Do you understand? So he came with some gifts. We, we've talked about the fruit basket part, right? We had a fruity life about two, was it two weeks ago? We had a fruity life. We talked about um, the different fruits of the spirit, what they represent, what it means, how they are summed up in love. But guess what? He also brought gifts. So we have to unwrap those gifts and check out what is inside those boxes. Are you ready for that tonight? Perfect. Awesome. So uh, can we open our Bibles to Mark 16 from verse 17 to 18? That's where we'll be starting. Mark 16 from verse 17 to 18. And just in case, maybe this is your first time joining us. My name is Kenneth Ulusoya, and uh, if this is your first time, I welcome you. Thank you for being a part of us. You have to get into this, and you need to be ready to receive. Awesome. So Mark 16 from verse 17 to 18. Many of you know this scripture. Um, are you ready? Mark 16, 17 to 18. Alright, so this is what the scripture says about the believer. Um, it says, And these signs shall follow you, shall follow them rather, that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Talk about invincible. This looks like an invincible person. This is someone full of power. Like these are powerful things. Like if you see someone do this today, you can make a superhero movie out of it, really. He can cast out devils. He can speak with new languages. He can take up serpents and they won't harm him. He can drink poison and nothing will happen. He can help people that are sick recover. That's a superhero movie, right? But this is what it says. This signs follow who? Who? Is this scripture talking about? Who is Jesus talking about in this scripture? He's talking about you and me. Whoever believes, they will do these things, right? So you see the prerequisite for all this is the fact that you believe in him. That you believe in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Alright, so let's just keep that in mind as we go on. We're going to talk about this spiritual gift now. This homecoming gift which are actually spiritual gifts. I mean, gifts given by the Spirit are called spiritual gifts. Does that make sense? Fantastic. Um, that's the definition, by the way. Gifts given by the Spirit of God are spiritual gifts. But let me put it another way, very simply. You know that I love to uh, break things down and make them very simple. Spiritual gifts are the channels through which God meets His people's needs. Spiritual gifts are the channels, or you can call them the tools, right? They are the channels through which God meets his people's needs. Alright, that's what they are. Um, yes, I'll go further to, to, to talk about that. 
But before we, we do before we do that, let's go to First Corinthians chapter twelve. First Corinthians twelve from verse one. I want to show you something there. First Corinthians twelve from verse one. Alright, are we there? It simply says this Paul the Apostle is speaking to the Corinthians and he's writing this letter actually. You find out that he's trying to write this to help them be aware of what these gifts are so they can use it best, right? The Corinthian church were known for being reckless, being disorderly, and Paul's letter was was to help correct some of those excesses that they had. Right? So he wrote this first Corinthians twelve one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, um, the original manuscripts actually say concerning spirituals. Um, we'll talk about that hopefully next week. But all you need to know is that uh, he's saying concerning spiritual gifts, the things of the spirits, whatever they might be, um, I will not have you ignorant. I will not have you ignorant. Um, the original Greek for that for ignorant is it's, it's, simil- it's similar and synonymous to be negligent, right? So this is not just about not knowing as per ignorance. This also do not neglect spiritual gifts. Do not abandon them. Do not toss them by the side, right? But this is the thing of knowledge as well, right? That's why all these letters that Paul writes to these guys, he will say things like, don't you know, know ye not. Don't you know? He's passing information because whatever knowledge you have will influence your growth in Christ. Alright? Knowledge is so important. It is super important. It is very important what you believe about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I'm not going to go deep into this, but I know some of you might have heard of a group of people called cessationists. Have you? Have you ever heard about cessationists? Alright, from the word cessation, I didn't say sweet sensation, cessationists. Um, from the word cessation, from the word cease, for something to cease, you know, um, that's where the word cessation is. So, these are a group of people that believe the gifts of the Spirit ended with the apostolic age. Alright, they, they believe it had ended with the apostolic age, that they were the people who... Um, the apostles had the gifts the to spread the gospel, and after that age, the gifts ceased with them, and we don't have those gifts today. And many of them seem to base it, um, some of them have a few scriptures they use, like First Corinthians 13, that um, even though we have these gifts, but they will not last, um, because when that which is perfect is come, it will all pass away. And they say that which is perfect is the Bible. Which, of course, doesn't really add up. It doesn't make sense. They're talking about that which is perfect. That's our salvation. We won't have needs of this gift. So, um, they believe that. And truly, what they believe about this gift has influenced every part of their life. In fact, many of them are people who will, who God will so use for His glory with this gift. But because they've been taught otherwise that the gifts have ended... They will not be open and available to manifest these gifts in their life. Do you understand? Um, not even the cessationists alone. Um, for some of you who probably grew up in Baptist circles or Catholic churches, Roman Catholic churches, um, you've heard many times how that the gift of speaking in tongues is 
not right. It's a sinful. It's even demonic. Some dare to say it is a demonic gift. You should not be should not be used in the church, right? But question: Why would something recorded as a gift of the spirit in the Bible be demonic? Why would God give a demonic gift, right? But uh, we know better, right? And that's what Paul was trying to address. It's important what you believe about these gifts because it will influence how you use them and how often you use them. Praise the Lord. Alright, so I'm going to give some definitions, more definitions about the spiritual gifts, but not anything outside of the Bible. Alright, everything is from this same 1 Corinthians 12. So I'm going to read it from verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 4. Are you there? I hope you're ready. Turn your Bibles there. Um, yes, you got the spelling. Cessation is C-E-S-S-A-T-I-O-N-I-S-T. Correct. Alright. Um, okay. So, from verse 4. It says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit and there are differences of administrations but the same lord and there are diversities of operations but it is the same god which worketh all in all and verse 7 also continues and says but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit without so i want us to define um, the gifts of the Spirit in four phrases. The first one from verse 4. Can you see it? What is it? Now there are diversities of gifts. So uh, Paul addresses spiritual gifts, calls them diversities of gifts. What does diversity mean? Diversity means they are a lot, right? They are not the same, they are numerous, right? Diversities of gifts. And note, he said, but the same spirit, meaning these diverse gifts, come from what? From one spirit. Diversities of gifts, one spirit. Number two definition, um, there are what? Differences of administrations. Differences of what? Administration. What does it mean to administer? It means to what? It's from the word minister. And minister means to serve, to give, to offer. So administrations are offerings to people or offerings you give, right? Um, the administrations, the, the way things are issued out, basically. I don't know if I can put it in a better sense. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Hmm. I get in somewhere. The first one was diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. The second one is what? Differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Number three. Diversities of what? Operations. Operations. And it is the same God which worketh all in all. This is powerful. This is so powerful. Diversities of what? Operations. These are not just... These are not just objects. They are what? Operations. They are actions. They are things that are done. Are you with me? So when you have the when you, you get the concept of... When you think of the concept of a gift, it seems like it's something you just carry and you possess. No. 
The gifts of the Spirit are not possessions. Write this down. They are not possessions. They are operations. The gifts of the Spirit are not possessions. They are operations. The only possession that we have is the Holy Spirit. He has possessed. <laughs> Should I say it? Should I say it? He has possessed us. Hallelujah. Just as you hear, Pastor, Pastor, she's possessed of a devil. Glory to God. We have been possessed by the Holy Spirit. So we have the gifts of spirit are not just possessions. They are operations. The only thing we possess and the only thing that possesses us or the only person that possesses us is the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? That's why the first one says diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. Second one says differences of administrations, but the same Lord talking about Jesus. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God. So you see that even the gift of the Spirit, the, the Holy Trinity is involved in making it happen. Do you understand? One God, three persons, Spirit, Son, and Father, right? You see that active even in this. The fourth definition is manifestations of the Spirit. The fourth one is manifestations of the Spirit. What does it mean to manifest? To manifest means to unfold or to be disclosed or to result from something. To manifest, to show forth. Alright, there are things that show forth from the Spirit. There are expressions of the Spirit, if I may use that. So, the Spirit is in you, but He can choose to show Himself and His workings in different ways. Does that make sense? He's a bouquet of many things. It's like you have one decoder, one DSTV decoder, but it shows uh, itself in where different channels, right? Cartoon Network, Disney Channel. That's not a good analogy, but you get the point. From one source, and one source can meet several needs, solve several problems. Hallelujah. That's what you have. Praise God. So keep these definitions at the back and at the front of your mind as we move further. I want to talk about a few misconceptions about the gifts of the Spirit. And then we'll go right ahead to answer them. You know, mentioning facts about the Holy Spirit. After that, we'll talk about who can have these gifts. We're going to talk about how many gifts can you have. And then we're going to end with the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit. Why were they given in the first place, right? And then next week, we just kick off with going into each of these gifts of the Spirit, clarifying some wrong notions and answering questions as well. Are you ready? So here are some misconceptions that uh, we have about the gifts of the Spirit. Number one, and this is not in any particular order. Number one is gifts are a show of your spiritual status. Gifts, that means the spiritual gifts, are a show of your spiritual status. Hallelujah. <laughs> is that true? Are the gifts of the Spirit a show of your spiritual status? We'll find out. Number two misconception is this. Not every believer can walk in the gifts of the Spirit. Not every believer can walk in the gifts of the Spirit. And most times, the gift in question is speaking in tongues. So a lot of people say, not everyone can walk in the gifts of the Spirit. Number three uh, misconception is 
gifts are specific to each believer that means you can only walk in one per time or you can only walk in one for your lifetime so the the previous one says not all believers can walk in the gift that means not everybody will be able to even perform gifts at all but this one now says that you'll only be able to walk in special giftings right you can only do prophecy but you can't do any other one you can only do um miracles but you can't you know speak in tongues you can't have gift of faith and the rest like that so they say gifts are specific to each believer number four tongues is the least important gift that is speaking in tongues or even interpreting tongues is the least important spiritual gift that means the others rank higher and then another misconception is that Romans 8 26 to 27 um, was referring to tongues um, which talks about the spirit intercedes with groanings which cannot be uttered and, and the likes that's the scripture so they say Romans 8 16 was referring to tongues um, I think I've addressed that many, many a time. Um, might not do that tonight, but so we have these misconceptions and many others. So I'm going to just go into facts about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to address some certain facts about the gifts of the Spirit because at the end of the day, what I said is what you believe about the gifts of the Spirit is very important as it will influence how you walk in them and how often you do. All right. Um, Number one, number one fact of the of the of the gift of the spirit is this. Number one, they are given by God. They are what given by God. They are given by God. Thank you for helping summarize in the chat section. Very grateful for that. Number one fact is they are given by God we saw from 1st Corinthians 12 where it says you know diversities of gifts by the same spirit uh, differences of administrations by the same Lord differences um, diversities of what diversities of remind me of the scripture should be the diversities of um, operations is the same God right that means God is the source of these things right so God gave these gifts. They are given, right? And Ephesians 4.11 talks about how and you know, Jesus gave gifts to men. So he is a source of these gifts. Not Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians 4.9 and 10. Pardon me. Um, number two fact. The second fact about the gifts of the Spirit is they are only needed when there is a need. Hmm. Does that make sense? They are only needed when there is a need. They are only needed when there is a need. And what that is, is I'll give a very typical example. Um, for example, let's put case in point, the gift of healing. Right? The gift of healing is that which relieves people of whatever ailment or affliction they are going through supernaturally by the power of God, right? Um, Bible talks about the gift of healings and, and, and commonly it's been taught that it's not just one type of healing, it's diverse healings. That's why it's in plural. That's why 
um, it's it's one one gift that can heal every kind of disease, right? All kinds of disease doesn't matter what it is. So imagine you have or you desire the gift of healing, right? You want to show that yes, you can lay hands on the sick and they will what they will recover. You want to show, but imagine you're in a group where everyone is healthy. First of all, is that possible? Can you be in a group where everyone is healthy? Of course you can. Right? The Bible talked about how God supernaturally, you know, uh, preserved the Israelites as they walked through the wilderness. Not one of them fell sick. So, you can be in a gathering like that and you want to manifest. You want them to know, ah, I'm a healer. No, 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 me. My own is different. You know? And you're, you're a healer. Uh, not okra. What's okra in your voice? Am I mixing it up? Anyways. But then there's no one to meet that need right there. Um, there's no one with that need rather because nobody is sick. So you cannot heal the sick person because there's no sick person. Does that make sense? So the gifts of the Spirit are only needed when there is an actual need for them. Do you understand? That's how it works. If God created this gift so that they could meet needs, so that they could solve problems... They are not needed if there's no problem to solve. There's no pro- there's no they are not needed if there is no need to be met. Does that make sense? Number three, fact about the gifts of the spirit. Take note. Proficiency in the gifts. Proficiency in the gifts is directly proportional to usage. Proficiency in the gifts is directly proportional to usage. Did you get that? So what that means is proficiency. Proficiency means um, how good you get in something. That's like um, mastery of something. How masterful you are with something, right? So your proficiency with the gifts of the spirit actually will increase the more you use them, right? I, I hear a lot of people say things like, "Oh, I ah, when I started speaking in tongues, it was braba braba ratata." Atarodo, Atarodo, Rodo, Rodo, and that's how you started, and it sounded weird. Um, <laughs> but as you continued, as you were encouraged, no, continue. The Spirit is giving you utterance, and you did it even more, and you did it even more. You found out that it started to flow even much better, right? There are some times you want to heal someone or lay hands. You tried it the first time, it didn't seem to work. You tried again. <laughs> What's going on? But the more you did it, the more confidence you got, the more you now saw miracles actually happen, the more confident you were in laying hands on people, right? So your proficiency in the things of the spirit are directly proportional to how much you use them, how ready you are to walk in those gifts, all right? That's it. It's just like practice makes perfect. You can actually sharpen your spiritual intelligence Sharpen your spiritual profi- proficiency in the in the things of the spirit. All right, by how many times and how much you use them. All right, awesome. Um, number four, number four. The spirit distributes according to his will. Number four fact about the spirit. Uh, the spiritual gifts is that the spirit distributes. According to his will. 
All right, and um, that's in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11 talks about that. It says, but all these, he mentioned, after mentioning different kinds of, of, of gifts we have, which I'm going to do next week. The focus now is not on the gifts of the Spirit themselves. It's what are they about, right? What's their purpose? Because as late um, Miles Monroe of blessed memory, Dr. Miles Monroe says, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. So that's why Paul is actually writing this, so that they know the purpose of the gifts, so they stop abusing the gifts. They were abusing it, misusing it, causing disorder in their services, and he heard about it and he wrote this letter to respond to them. And that's why we're having this teaching. So we're best informed about these things, um, even as we continue in the series and as we live out our lives, actually putting into practice these things. So, verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12 says, But all these worketh that, that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every... Oh, lo, do, do. look at that. Dividing to what? Every man severally as he will. Ah, let's analyze those words. <laughs> he said, but all these work at that one, work at that one and self-same spirit. So it's one spirit that makes these things happen. But how does it do it? He what? Divides to every man severally. He divides to how many men? Oh, well, when he, when he says man, um, the Greek word refers to mankind, right? People. So don't feel this is a gender slash Anyways, this is everyone, right? Dividing to every single person severally as he wills, right? You know, I'm going to also correct a misconception about this um, in the next point. But you can see, first of all, that he he divides this gift to what? Every man. No one is is left ungifted. Do you understand? Everyone is what? Gifted. As long as you are called by the name of Jesus as a believer, you are what? Gifted. Hallelujah. Say, I am gifted. I was not left out. Glory to God. I was not left out of the sharing. I am gifted. Glory to Jesus. So he gave every man severally, many times. Do you understand? So this is already answering some of the uh, misconceptions I mentioned at the beginning, you know. But let's let's let me tackle another misconception regarding the spirit. You know, some people will now say, so if the Holy Spirit is the one distributing as a will, then what's the point? That means he will just give whoever he wants to give. So what's the point of trying? What if I want to heal somebody in one moment and he doesn't want to he doesn't want me to heal the person, he doesn't will it, and he wants somebody else to do it? That means I should not I should just wait. Then when the spirit tells me we are healing, then I'll now heal him. Is that what it is? That the spirit will do whatever he wants, no matter what. Let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. This is something that will really help you. And this is point number five. The gifts of the spirit, that spiritual gifts, they flow in the direction of availability and desire. Bam, I said it. That's the secret. They flow easily in the direction of availability and desire. I would explain those two. They're not the same. I would explain. The gifts of the Spirit flow easily in the direction of availability and desire. Alright, there's a scripture, uh, in fact the ending, the last verse, 
of First Corinthians 12, that should be verse 31, talks about it there. It says, covet the best gifts, right? Covet earnestly the best gifts. Let me read it out. But covet earnestly the best gifts. And then it says, yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And the next chapter talks about love. But there he says, covet earnestly. Covet earnestly. You, you find out that word covetousness has been used as a bad word, as a sinful thing, a sinful act. Even amongst the Ten Commandments, it's there. Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's property, right? So covetousness has always been deemed as a bad thing. It's likened to lust. Thou shalt not lust, right? Lust after something that is not yours. But Paul is using the same language because these are people who have been acquainted with lust and covetousness all their life. That's in the past. And he's using the same vocabulary, the same um, etymology to explain that you can actually desire. Like, covetousness is, is not just so, I want it. It is, I desperately want it. So this is a, a sort of deep-seated desire for something. He didn't just say covet. He said covet earnestly the best gifts. Now, when he uses the word best gifts, now that might give a, a, a sort of rank. Oh, there are some best gifts. Gift of miracles, number one. Gift of faith, number two. Gift of healing, number three. Before you now go to prophecy, revelation, all those small small boys. <laughs> no. We'll talk about what the word best next um, as we go on. Not, we'll talk about it this today. Best gifts. Best in that, sen- in that sense is relevant. That means relevant, I believe, in that situation that you find yourself in. So it says, covet earnestly the best gifts. Right? So... There is a place of desire. The Holy Spirit doesn't just... His will is not just uninformed. Do you understand? If you are not available to be used, God will never force you. Ah, I promise you. God God can be patient with you till you come around. But no matter what, He will never force you. He will never say, oh yeah, bring your hand. You don't want to use this hand. I'll curse this hand with leprosy if if you don't kill this boy. No. God will never do that. He will never threaten you. So the Spirit, therefore, will distribute to whoever is available, ready, and desirous of the gift. That's how he works. That's a secret many people don't realize. This is not just a one-time desire. This is an ongoing desire. So I'll give you a typical example. Perhaps there is a church or a fellowship and you guys are gathered together. I, I mean, I can give an example of some of our Ignite meetings back in school when we used to pray at um, the... HOD ground, the Hour of Destiny ground in Covenant University. We used to pray there. And there are times we give for overflow, right? Overflow is a session where we just minister to each other in the gifts of the Spirit. We share words of prophecy, words of knowledge and wisdom, and even healing, right? And in such times, you find out that some people that keep saying things, that keep talking, keep expressing, keep sharing word, and sometimes you're like, ah, is it only you? Is it only you God is using? See, that mentality is what will keep you there. That mentality is what will make you not being used by the Lord. You should desire to be that kind of person. You should desire to be the one who would, who God will use in a meeting to bless others. Do you understand? It starts from there. It starts from a desire and it starts from your availability. How available are you to bless others? Are you excited when you hear about, oh, we're having overflow? Are you like, ah, I'm shy or you're, you're just afraid? What if I make a mistake? 
that's where the problem is. Let me branch into that now, now that I've mentioned it. There are people that have that idea that what if I make a mistake, right? What if I make a mistake? What if, um, what if I say the wrong thing? Maybe, I, I, the, <laughs> maybe it's a prophecy and I'm feeling, yes, that maybe the Lord wants to say something and I'll say something and I'll lago and I'll say, ah, my dear, I see, I see Dio. I see, I see a name. His name is Dio. I see a cloud. And the person is like, no, I don't know any. And you're like, oh boy, I just lagged. In fact, I'm saying this because it's, 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 it's my story I'm sharing actually. Um, so <laughs> when I first came to know about the gifts of the Spirit, I came to understand, um, that I too can function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, that I can be used by the Lord to bless someone else. I started to desire it. Like, I wanted it so badly. Um, at first, I'll be honest to tell you that I wanted it for a show of spiritual status. I know that my circle, people I was hanging around that time, it was sort of a show of spiritual status. How far you've gone in the faith. Do you understand? So they'll ask questions. Ah, Brother Kenneth, how far? How many gifts have you started working in? How many gifts? And I'll be ah, well, I can speak in tongues. I think I can I can interpret and sometimes once in a while I have a word of knowledge uh, for people ah just three gifts don't worry don't worry you're coming there you're coming there me I've worked in all nine of them all nine gifts glory to Jesus you're coming brother Ken you're coming up don't worry don't worry keep at it God bless you <laughs> it was a rat race it was a competition at first for so many people but you know that's always the wrong motive and thankfully my mindset started to change about that i was not trying to impress anyone and at the same time i was not intimidated by anybody and that's very important don't you ever get to a point where you are intimidated by another person's giftings even if it's legit or it's fake it doesn't matter don't ever be intimidated be confident that you have the same spirit that that person has Sometimes the expression, the, the giftings and the peculiarity of your giftings might be different, but it's the same spirit. Alright, so I was, I mean, I was excited about this new realization that the spirit is in me. All of the spirits, I just need one spirit and he will manifest diversely, diverse manifestations, diverse operations, you know, different operations um, and, and administrations. I was ready. So I met this girl, I mean, I think it was after... A prayer meeting. I've been praying, full of the Holy Ghost. Ah, I was charged up. I was ready. I was holding her hand, and after the meeting, um, and I and I looked at her. I sensed something was wrong, and that's how it starts. For I'm I'm giving you a step by step process, um, not because this is how it will always happen, but I'm just explaining to you how mine happened, right? So that you can maybe give you perspective of how the gifts are. The first thing you need to realize is that sometimes you won't have all the information. That's very important. For me, at the times I had the full information, um, the full necessary information, I'll, I'll put it like that, necessary information, the information that was necessary for that person's blessing, right? Sometimes I know what to say fully. Sometimes I don't know what to say, but I know there's something up, like I can just sense it. I just know. And so instead of letting her hand go after the meeting, I held on to it. And she looked at me and I looked at her and I said, sorry, I, can I share something with you? I, I felt this prompted in my heart to say, 
And trust me, people are okay. Like, they are not spooked out when you say that. Some, some people are, well, depends on how you say it. We say, my dear. <laughs> if you hold that hand, you're like, my dear. Oh, the Holy Spirit is speaking. Thus said the Lord. You scared somebody. It's not necessary. The drama is not important. Save it for Nollywood. Um, but as simple as saying, I have to tell you something. I believe the Lord wants to tell you something. That has already gotten that person's attention. But not only has, has it gotten their attention, what it has done, it has readied you to receive more. Woo! Let me take a break. Let me take a break. It has readied you to, to, to hear more, to see more into that. Once you say the Lord wants to speak to you, you have done something called taking a step of faith. Because faith is even important in the dissemination and workings of the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It is important. So you have gotten to a place where you say, you know, you are here and you are like, God wants to tell you something. And that alone, you start to realize that more information is coming. Think about it. After the many times that God called Samuel, right? Samuel, Samuel, he thought it was Eli. He thought it was, a, it was an ordinary voice. That's something you should think of. He thought God's voice was Eli's voice. He thought it was human. He thought it was an ordinary human voice. But it was what? It was God's voice. Three times he missed it, and then Eli realized this. Eli had had experience, even though he was not in the will of God, but he had experience with the voice. And he said, whenever you hear this voice, respond. Here I am, Lord. Your servant here is speak. And he did. And what happened? More information came. God told him about the happenings that were going to come to, to the people and to Eli and everything. But it was when he responded. So once you have a prompting from the Holy Ghost, you know he wants to say something, you respond. And when you do, more information comes. Ah, so in that moment, I was holding my hand, though, innocent, and this girl was innocent, she was looking at me. She still remembers this, this, um, this example and this experience. So I told her, I said, it's a spooky. I don't want to spook people out, trust me. But that's all I saw. I told her, I see a dark cloud on your head. Over your head. I know that was scary, but I see dark cloud and uh, and there's a name, Dio, Dio, and she's looking at me weird. <laughs> In my heart, I was like, oh boy, Lago time, it will. And I said, Dio, does that name mean anything to you? And she's like, Dio, no, no, that doesn't make sense. Please, I, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. I said, I don't know, but there's a dial and there was a dark cloud. So I saw that I was still being too, like I was making her a bit uncomfortable. So I just stopped. I said, okay, I'm so sorry about that. My bad. Right. I thought I had made a mistake and I was already apologizing. Like, look, my bad. I'm sorry. So I was like, okay, I'll see you around. I was about going. And she said, wait, sorry, wait. Um, There's no dial, but there's a tile. And I was like, oh, okay. So who is tile? And she was like, sorry, I don't want to talk about it right now. And in just a few seconds after she said that, she just started to weep. And she just started to cry. And it was a whole situation of how um, the person had maltreated her, abused her. She was in an abusive relationship. So I think that's what the dark um, cloud represented. Do you understand? And associated with her name. But I would have given up because I had lag- I felt I had lagged on just that. I said dial, but there was a tire. So that's what I said about proficiency. The more you do this, the better you get. 
you know, more accurate to get even as you go ahead, especially in the revelatory gifts. Praise the name of Jesus. So, take bold steps to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. It goes and it happens in the direction of someone who is available and desirous of the gifts. Praise the Lord. I'm going to rush now because of time. Um, number six fact about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, when you read First Corinthians 12, you would be tempted to say, when you count all of them, the gifts, uh, just the gift of word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, speaking in tongues, um, gift of miracles, gift of healings, uh, revelation gifts, uh, gift of faith. By the time you list all of them, you'd be tempted to say, oh, nine gifts, cool, that's a cool deal. Not so bad, not so bad, nine gifts, not bad, Holy Spirit, well done, that's cool. Um, but the truth is, they're actually more than just nine gifts. So that's the next fact. Fact six, they're actually more than nine gifts. Yes, I said it. <laughs> they're actually more than nine gifts. Um, I'll show you a scripture, but before I even go to the scripture to show you some of, of those gifts I'm talking about, um, there are some times, and I've, I've heard many of these uh, instances, I think for me, something, I don't know if I'll call it a gift, I don't even know, it's still a mystery to me. I, I remember writing a language I never learned before on a piece of paper. I was almost half asleep. I remember my friend, um, Casey, was in the room at the time, and he was like, ah, where did I write that from? It was very strange. I still can't explain it today, so I don't know if it's a gift of the spirit. I, I wrote like comprehensive language, like it looked like it had sp sentences and words spaced out, well written. No worry. Anyways, um, this one, uh, I mean, you hear of missionaries who go to places and preach the gospel in a place where they've never learned the language, and they can teach the gospel in that language just supernaturally. And by the way, this is not tongues, right? This is not the gift of tongues. Tongues is unintelligible, unintelligible language, right? But this one, they just go there. Um, I remember of Heidi Baker, a missionary from, um, from Mozambique. She's American, but she goes to Mozambique. And she does amazing things with those children that are there. She teaches the children. After she gets them saved, she teaches them how to heal the sick. She can train some of those small children. Oh, it's so beautiful. Ah, even just now, I'm getting goosebumps. Um, she would teach the children how to lay hands on blind people and they would recover their sight just like that. So she went to a, a Cantonese village one time and she never learned Mandarin or Cantonese. She went there and preached to these people for 45 minutes in another language that she never learned. That's supernatural. That's a gift. But anyways, let's check what the scriptures have to tell us. Romans 12 from verse 4 to 8. Romans 12 from verse 4 to 8. I'll be very, very fast about that. Alright, alright, alright. Glory to God. I hope you're learning something today. Awesome. Um, Romans 12. Romans 12 from verse 4 to 8. It says, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members of, uh, and, and everyone members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. 
all right so this is talking about some gifts and and this is specifically talking about office right um it says in i think it's verse five that says or verse four is verse four it says it's and all members have not the same office right so this is a special I'm not, I, this is something you need to understand as much as there are different manifestations of the gifts of the spirit there are some that are unique to each person that you will find yourself functioning more than the others i'll say that again there's some gifts of the spirit or should i say offices which are also gifts that you will function in more than others regardless of how much of regardless of your desires all right um, there are just some offices that you will function in much more with more precision than it, than the others. Doesn't mean you can't work in the others, but you just have. I'll give you an example. So you might find someone, people who are actually called prophets in the body of Christ, and this these are legit people who actually share, you know, the, the talk about the finished work of Christ and and edify the church. They also foretell of future events, right? very proficiently they say it very accurately and these same prophets can also teach and teaching is also a gift of the spirit do you understand they can also teach but they find themselves functioning more in the prophetic so that's what i'm trying to explain each person in the body of christ has a unique gifting and many times it doesn't even have to do with your skills um sometimes it might be influenced by that but many times it's just something special for me um, if it's about my skills, I'll tell you that teach, the teaching gift should not have been for me because I didn't grow up being the most eloquent person without a single fear. I was, I told you I battled with chronic stage fright, you know, and I even used to have eloquence issues. I couldn't speak um, very extensively for a long period of time. So um, teaching grace is something that I, I, I work, work in more than... I would say the others, right? So this is an example here. This is what Romans 12 is talking about. There are some other gifts you find out. And as a reading, you'd be like, wait, this is a gift of the Spirit? You just watch. All right, so it says, having them give different according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. So you see, even prophecy um, requires faith. That a gift of the spirit requires faith. Think about it. A step of faith to, to work work it and work in. Um, or ministry. Let us wait on our ministry. So even ministry, that service. Um, another version says servitude. Service, like gift of helps is what it calls it. Like someone who just is there to assist and help. It's a gift. It says let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth on teaching. He that exhorted on exhortation. So even exhortation is a gift of the Spirit. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Giveth here is talking about generosity. There's a kind of, I don't know if you found some people in the body of Christ who are just generous. Like you don't even have to motivate them or push them. They just know they, they, they should give and they give. They give financial support, material support. They even give in service. All right. So he that giveth, let him do with simplicity. He that ruleth, that's leadership with diligence, right? There's also the gift of leadership. Think about it. There's the gift of leadership. Um, he that showeth mercy with what? Cheerfulness. So there's also the gift of mercy. 
like I call this scripture the forgotten gifts because many people forget that these are gifts of the Spirit, right? Romans 12 from verse 48. So they are not just nine, there is there are many more, right? There are many more, many more gifts. And I don't feel like Paul was able to quantify all of them in his letters. I think by experience, by practice, you start to find them, you start to find yourself delving into more deeper realms of these gifts, these manifestations. Praise the Lord. Now, this is where I'm going. This is very important. Number Fact number seven, the last fact that I'm going to mention before we start to conclude um, on the purpose of these gifts. Um, number seven says, none of these gifts is insignificant. None of them is insignificant and nobody is inferior. No, let's put it this way. No gift is insignificant and nobody is inferior. No gift is insignificant and nobody is inferior. All right. What, let me read. I want to have a very long read, but I want you to follow through. First Corinthians 12 verse 14 to 26. First Corinthians 12 14 to 26. You know that first Corinthians 12 has been like our home base for learning this and it's very important this is one of those few scriptures that the epistles you know and the and also the apostles in writing these letters um, dwelt on expressly you will also see it in first corinthians 14 but we'll look at that next week when we're talking about the gift of tongues interpretation prophecy you know as well as other gifts that deal with revelation um and utterance so um are we there First Corinthians 12, 14 to 26. Please pay close attention. If you don't have your Bible, look at the chat section. You should see the verses there. And please follow through. Alright? Alright, so it says this. I mean, there's always been this idea that um, some people are more important than others in the body of Christ. Even right now, I mean, in Vivify, some people have that idea. Oh, there are some people that are more important um, in this ministry. Um, even among the leaders, probably it has come up as a thought. Some people are more important. Some people have bigger roles than mine. I don't think I'm as important as the other person. I'm not as gifted as the other person. It's not just, it's not uncommon. Even amongst the disciples of Jesus, they would ask him, Jesus, who is the greatest amongst us? They had they had an identity crisis. They had an inferiority complex. They wanted to know, is it Peter? Peter is always the outspoken one. But I want to know, who is the greatest in your kingdom, Lord? I want to know where I stand. And there's always that competition, comparison that we make. And by the way, that's the that's one of the things I mentioned in the teaching of the, uh, in the podcast that came out today. Dealing with comparisons. Everybody makes comparisons. Everyone. Like, it's inevitable. But the question is, what do you do with those comparisons? Are they going to benefit you? To improve yourself or are they going to be toxic where you you start to envy someone else's achievements and results rather than focusing on the labels that went into it so let's go right into the scripture without further ado first Corinthians 12 14 for the body is not one member but many are you listening the body when Paul I want you to realize that anytime Paul talks about the body here or mentions some parts of the body he's talking about Christ he established that um, some verses before how Christ is the body. In fact, this is the scripture that says we have um, been baptized by one spirit into one body and we've all been made to drink of one spirit. So, 
the, the body in question now is the body of Christ, the family of God. And as one, it says this, for the body is not one member, but what? Many. That's common sense, right? You can't just say uh, the body has one member. There are many members. There are many parts that make up one body. Now, he's using this illustration to make it clear. He said, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? So just because the foot looks at the hand and says, see, I'm not looking like the hand. I can't carry things like the hand does. That means I'm not part of the body. He says, is that true? You know, and even vice versa. If the hand should look at the, and, as the feet and say, oh, I'm, I can't walk like the feet. So I'm defeated. Mm. It just came. You get. <laughs> it, it, does that make the hand not a part of the body? No, it doesn't. So he goes on and, and says this. He says, And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Like, do you, do you get the point? Right? Just because there are differences in the functions, differences in what you guys do in the body of Christ, doesn't mean that you're not a part of the body. Right? Now says, If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? But now had God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has what? Pleased him. See that? Now God has set the members, every one of them in the body, as it had pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? So, he goes back again to explain this point that look, if the whole body were just an eye, that means the sight will not be a problem, right? You'll be able to see what's around and probably see where you're going. But if there's no leg, there's no foot, how would you walk to where you're going? If you don't have ears, how will you be able to hear? Do you understand? He's saying every part of the body. Let me ask you this question right now as you're listening. Let me, let me ask you, right? If there is any... If I were to kidnap you right now, and I ask you, for me to release you, just allow me to cut one part of your body. Maybe some of you have watched Living in Bondage. I want to use it for sacrifice, for ritual killing. Just mention one part of your body in the comment section right now that you can give up. One, just one part of your body that can cut off successfully and you don't mind me having it. Comment section, I'm waiting for you. Alright, so that's what um, Paul was trying to emphasize here. There's one body, different members. Um, where am I? And it says, and the eye cannot say to the hand that I don't have need of it. Someone said, hey, a part of your Look at these people. Scam. Okay, let me clarify. Any part of your body that has nerve endings that you can feel pain when you cut it off. Anyways, hair is... is, is maybe I'll accept hair. Somebody said fingers. Somebody said appendix. <laughs> okay, just know that the ritual killer is not a surgeon, so he will not do a good job of removing the appendix, just so you know. Anyways, but you get the point. Um, 
poor scammers. Forget I asked in the first place. Um, but it says this, right? But now there are many members here, one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't have need of you. Nor the head say to the feet, I don't have any need for you. Ah, look at this, look at this, look at this. You might miss this um, picture. It says the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't have need of you. Now said the head cannot say to the feet, I don't have need of you. Question, who is the head of the body? In this case, the body of Christ. Who is the head of the body? That's who? That's Jesus. And who are his feet on this earth? Moving and doing the work. Us. So in a sense, using that picture of Christ cannot do without... I, I don't want to sound um, proud. I don't want you to paint a wrong picture. But Christ will not look at his body that is a part of him and say, I don't need you. Ah, that's important. He will not see you and say, I have no need of you and just cast you at the slightest mistake. No. And the feet cannot work without the head controlling it. Ah, don't you get it? So Paul used that illustration. Um, we're still getting somewhere. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem what? More feeble are necessary. Right? Let me ask, what, what parts of the body seem to be feeble or just a bit redundant and just there, like not really doing much work, right? Some of you will say um, appendix, and mind you, the appendix has actually been confirmed to have uh, to be a part of the body that boosts the immune system. It produces um, some cells or is it enzymes that help boost the, more, the immune system. But that's by the way. Um, some of you probably, yeah, some of you talk about. Um, feeble parts are not really, really doing much, basically. Anyways, um, he said those parts are still important. I think some parts might be your, some parts of your toes that are not really doing much work, um, especially the pinky side. Um, the outer part of your ear is not really doing much. The, it, the, I mean, the real sound comes from the hole, like the eardrums and everything inside. So. Anyways, you get the point. Um, let me see. Where are we? So, now says, And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we, we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Ah, in case you've not gotten the picture yet, this is what Paul is trying to say. Paul is such a powerful illustrator. He's saying this, that when, when he talks about comely parts, uncomely parts, let me talk about um, what he talked about, the uh, honorable, right? Um the those that seem to be less honorable he's talking about privates right he's talking about privates yes yeah, only mentioned eyebrows for the feeble stuff correct um he's talking about privates like your private parts they, they might seem less honorable because i mean when you hear if someone should mention a private part they're like you stop mm, don't talk about that job mm, you are disgusting it seems less honorable right 
But guess what? We actually bestow more honor upon those ones. You know, because they're private. They're important. If you want to ever think of procreating, they are important. Are you understanding this? Right? This is important. He's saying that even those parts that that are deemed less honorable are actually important. Then he talks about your uncomely parts. That means the hidden parts of your body. You're talking about your internal organs, your heart. Think about it. The most powerful organ of the body is what? It's the brain. But you can't see it. It's uncomely. It's hidden. And because of because of that, just because it's hidden, doesn't mean it's not one of the most powerful. Are you seeing the direct relation now? There are some of you in the body of Christ under this ministry of Vivify. It seems like you are hidden. Oh, I'm getting somewhere. It seems like you are hidden. But guess what? You matter. Guess what? You're the one that is important for things on the outside to keep going. You might be in the background, but guess what? You are important for those in the spotlight, in the forefront to keep moving. There are people who are protesting on the front lines, but they are being sponsored by people behind the scenes. Do you get the idea? So, even in the body of Christ, no one has a role that is inferior, that is not important. Everyone is important, no matter how little you feel, no matter how weak you think you are, no matter how unneeded you think you are. Trust me, the little you are doing is adding a lot to the big ocean. The little drops that you are dropping are adding to the ocean out there. Do you understand? So, you are important. You may be hidden, but you are not buried. You may be buried, but trust me, whatever seed you have buried inside will germinate, you know, on the outside. Do you understand? So, you are not locked up. Don't think of yourself that way. Don't think of yourself as inferior. You are important. You are important. Maybe the little you are doing is talking to one person every week. Maybe you are just talking to someone about the gospel of Christ. You think nobody is noticing compared to maybe someone like a pastor who is talking to thousands of people or hundreds of people. You feel that the pastor is doing more than you are. Trust me. God sees the little you are doing and in his eyes he's saying, no, 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 no. You are important because you are part of the body. You have a unique gifting. Different from that of the other person. Don't ever compare yourself. It's not a comparison game. It's not competition. It's not who is better. It's not who is more proficient in the gift of the Spirit. It's what am I, what has the Lord set me apart to do, even in this body of Christ? What am I to do? What's my gifting? And then how can I use it to help the church benefit from it? That's what you should be asking. Do you understand? And this is talking about the purpose of the gifts. Now I'm going to, um, rush it into that point number one the purpose of the gift is to edify and comfort the church edify comfort and exhort the church you know you see it um in first corinthians 12 7 where it says the manifestation of gift of the spirit which we read earlier is given to every man to profit without every man is supposed to profit from the gift of the spirit you're meant to edify the church the people of christ you're meant to comfort them, exhort them. It was also mentioned in 1 Corinthians 14 as well, right? The gift of the Spirit should perform these things. You're meant to bless someone. They're called administrations. Like I said, administration is from the word minister, where you offer service to someone. You are meeting a need. So that's the purpose of the gift. It's not a competition. It's not who can do it, but it's, it's a service to people. Do you understand? To the body of Christ. Number two, purpose of the gift of the Spirit. Number one was to edify, exhort, and Comfort number two is to reach our world. To reach our world. And 
Acts 10, 30, it talked about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. These were non-believers he was healing. Mind you, these were unbelievers. He reached the world. He was spreading God's goodness. You know, he was shining the light in the world to these people. You know, and we are to also do that. We're to reach our world with the message of Jesus. We're to reach our world with the signs and wonders following as well. And that, that would um, turn hearts for the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Um, yes, another thing is number three is um, to confirm the resurrection of Jesus. The purpose of gifts are to confirm the resurrection of Jesus. Um, look at verse um, Hebrews chapter two from verse four. Sorry, I'm rushing, but please try to catch up. Hebrews chapter two from verse four. It says, "God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders." With diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Mind you, all these things he mentioned are the same. The writer of Hebrew mentioned the same things. He said, God bearing them witness, bearing their message. These people talked about so great a salvation. They talked about the resurrection of Jesus. Talking about the apostles, right? They talked about the resurrection of Jesus and everything. And God bore them witness. That means he confirmed their message with signs, wonders, with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, they mean the same thing. Signs, wonders, diverse miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to His own will, right? So they are to confirm this message. How would people know that Jesus is still alive? They might not see Him, but they can see Him through you. They can see Him through the miracles. It's like Peter and John healed the man at the beautiful gate, and he leapt, jumping, praising God, and he knew that this Jesus, when they, when he said. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They knew that that name, that authority of Jesus was still relevant because that Jesus has to be alive. The source of that power must still be alive. So the gifts of the Spirit are a testimony that Jesus is alive. He is resurrected from death. Amen. And number four, the purpose of the gifts is to emphasize the love of God. To emphasize the love of God. Like I said, the gifts are to meet needs, right, in the body of Christ. And meeting a need shows that God cares about that person, no matter how small the need is, right? Trust me, the gifts are can even go to some mundane areas. You can you can go to someone who is insecure about pimples, and you have a word for the person. And say, look, whatever pimples or acne you have, the Lord wants to heal you of that. Yes, I know people who have been healed of acne and and pimples. I know people who have been reassured of their esteem by a word of knowledge and wisdom. Um, because of their pain. But do you understand? So, God shows his love and emphasizes it even through the gifts of the Spirit. But at the end of the day, remember the motivation is love. It's not competition. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul said that even if you speak with tongues of men and of angels, but you do not love, whether you give your body to be burnt and you don't love, it means nothing to God. It means nothing. So, if you're in this race, you're designed the gifts of the Spirit to show that you are special, you're a man of God. Woman or God, and you want to show people that you can also do these miracles and these signs, you've missed it. Because at the end of the day, at the center of the gifts of the Spirit is love. The Spirit of love is the same Spirit that gives you this gift. So you best believe that the motivation behind everything you do must be love. So I want to reemphasize as we close that look, you are not inferior. Because you are hidden doesn't mean you are not needed, right? God uses every one of us equally. He uses all of us differently at the same time, but all to his glory. We are all a part of the body. Jesus needs you. We need him, you know, 
Jesus said, we, He is the vine, we are the branches. We can do nothing without Him. So we are part of Him and He is a part of us. Praise the name of Jesus. So remember, no matter what the gifting is, you know, next week we're going to talk about it more. So what I would say is this, you know, covet the best gift. Find what that unique office the Lord wants you to occupy, even in the body of Christ, is. For some of you, it might be generosity. Yours might be to give towards the, the cause of the gospel. You just God just blesses you, even though what you have might not seem so much, and God is using the little you are doing to move things. That's a gift. That's a gift of the Spirit, where you're just compassionate. That's another one, too, where you're very compassionate about those people. You find yourself doing welfare-related things in the body of Christ. That's a gift of the Spirit. And it's see, some of you know how important welfare is. Some of you know. Some of you are listening. You know what I mean. Welfare is so important. Some of you, it's leadership, maybe even on a smaller scale. I'm not talking about you being a Jew or archbishop. On a small scale, in a small group of people you are leading, that's a gifting to God can use you to lead in such a way. So, no matter what, some of you are also going to be teachers, some of you are going to be prophets, um, more. And I'm not saying you can't work in other gifts, but I'm saying like a primary place of office, you know, this is the time for you to really concretize it, for you to desire and be more available, and you will see God use you in such mighty ways. Even the fact that we are not together doesn't mean these gifts don't work. Well. I hope you understand. Just because we are not in a group, in a meeting, in, an, in the same place, doesn't mean the gifts cannot still flow. You're right. Even remotely, the gifts can flow. The healings can flow. The words of knowledge can flow. When you interact with people, the same spirit within you can meet a need. The spirit doesn't work with distance. No. It's the same power that fills the entire earth. He can make it reach where there is a need. Do you understand? So that's that's it. There's so much to say, but we're going to continue this next week. I want you to just pray right now where you are. I, I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've listened to some of the things that we shared. I want you to pray right now and just say, Lord, I desire more to be used. To be used by you to reach out to people. Lord, I want you to 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 use me to bless lives. I am ready and I'm available. That's all you're saying. You're making a pledge right now. To the Lord that I am available for your use and I desire to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. I desire to flow in them, to reach out to the world, to bless the saints, to, 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 to emphasize your love and to prove your resurrection. Come on, begin to pray to the Lord right now. Tell him how ready you are. I am available for your use, Jesus. I am available for your use. And I see how important I am in your body. I am not unimportant. I am not locked away i am not unneeded thank you jesus because hidden doesn't mean unneeded thank you lord jesus because i am yours i am ready to be a blessing to the body of christ to ease the burden of ministry to make it go forward and faster in the name of jesus i am available for your use thank you jesus i walk in the gift of wisdom the gift of knowledge thank you jesus i walk in prophecy in the name of jesus hallelujah i am available and I am ready. I am available and I am ready. I desire the best gift. I desire the best gift. Come on, tell him what you desire. Tell him what you desire and why you desire it. Come on, talk to the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For those of you who have already started walking in the gifts of the Spirit, I see a greater proficiency in the things of the Spirit. 
you walk with greater spiritual intelligence in the things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Spiritual intelligence in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brato kuvens te giavar akade bene kita vostoronte jete katiga ba. Brate keti jata katemene embrosoko to gite yamanatos. Oh, thank you, Jesus. One of you here listening on the sound of my voice, mark it. Mark this day. Mark this day, 4th of June. Mark this day. The Lord is going to heal you of something that has been long standing in your life. And He will use it as a point to show you that you will be a vessel of His healing. So He's going to heal you and endue you with power to heal others. So the healing you're going to receive right now is a sign, it's a, it's a symbol of what He's going to use you for others right now. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you know yourself. You know yourself. This is you. This is you. He will use you even for His glory. Because tonight you are receiving your healing. And it will, it will create a ripple effect in how others will be healed because of this. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, that's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing. Ay, 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 ay. Bratoto sovan. Kimini arados sevekadi. Jotokotabana atekovrosti emanakives. Top mokorota jebedekiabas. Thank you, Lord. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, you will be a point of contact in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. Vessels of His power we are. Glory to God. We are vessels of His power. Glory to God. We are services. We are, we are, we are servants of, of, his, of His power. Thank you, Jesus. We are channels of His service. Thank you, Jesus. We are channels. And we meet needs. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We meet needs. Hallelujah. In Jesus mighty name we have prayed hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus because you are changing things this atmosphere is raw and it's so powerful right now anything can happen thank you for this your people desirous of the gifts available and ready for your use lord we're not just raising people here at vivify who are just worded you know in doctrine who are just prayerful oh no 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 more so you know, there's not even people that are just passionate about talking about the gospel and evangelism. We're raising a people who desire the charismatic. Just as Jesus had a very flourishing charismatic ministry where he healed the sick, raised the dead. Oh Lord, I pray everyone under this ministry will flow in the gifts of the Spirit effortlessly. They would even grow more. Grow more in proficiency. The more they use it, the more they yield to being used by your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Ah, no more mediocrity. No more mediocrity in the faith. No more mediocrity. Everyone here will step out in faith. Step out in faith. Even if they don't have the full information. They will step out in faith and work miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Because of this one's Lord, things are restored in the lives of the people they come in contact with. 
There is restoration. Needs are met. Lives are transformed. The dead are raised to life. Both literally and figuratively. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord. We are trusting and we are we are sure of this. Convinced that your power never stopped. That the gift of the spirit never stopped. They still continue more in our days. Even though sometimes it feels like. It might feel like. From, from experiential things. It might feel like. Oh, it's not as powerful as it used to be. Or oh, the miracles don't still happen. No, those are the lies of the enemy. We do not go by our feelings. We go by our faith. If your word says it, we believe it. That this sign shall follow us. And Lord, thank you because these signs do follow us. We will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. Lord, we will cast out devils in our wake. And they will flee. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's us. That's us, emissaries of your power, emissaries of your gifts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every one of us, from the least to the greatest, from the greatest to the least, because the first shall be the last and the last shall be the first. That was an equation you tried to explain that everyone is equal. The first is the last, the last is the first. No difference. Everyone is equal. Different giftings, unique offices, but we are the same. We are equal in Christ. And so, Lord, we see that happen in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. For those of you who have been charged up and stirred up, this is the this is a, a catalyst to to keep you praying till you go to bed. Some of you, you're going to. The Lord has been dropping things in your heart. Go and act on them in the place of prayer and even beyond the place of prayer. So if you're going to pray, please keep praying. Keep desiring the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Lord wants to use us mightily in this season to bring healing to our world and to furnish his body. Praise the name of Jesus. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.